A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's coming home, boys, except if you're listening after Wednesday, this podcast of Wednesday, and we've been knocked out in the semi-final, then it's not coming home. Uh, Nigel, welcome to podcast. Uh, I should have said uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Uh, Season 7, episode 42. Nigel, is it coming home? I'm in my shed. Oh, sorry. Coming sorry, home? sorry, wrong. Go on, do it again because I spoke that. We'll cut that. Go on, go. Nigel, is it coming home? It's coming home. It's coming home. Gonzo, is it coming home? It wants to, but it's got a connecting flight at Charles de Gaulle Airport. It's going to stay there for four years, I think. Oh, oh right. Oh. Anyway, um, welcome to more than just a podcast. Another impromptu in the middle of the World Cup special. Uh, we're recording on Monday night, and we welcome back Nigel. Nigel, where are you, and what are you doing? I'm in my shed, drinking a bottle of Magnus. Hmm? Uh, Gonzo, welcome back. Where are you, and what are you doing? I am under the stairs, drinking a cup of tea and drinking an ice cream. Excellent, excellent. You don't drink uh, tea. I've watched your. You don't drink tea. I've watched him a cup of tea with Gonzo. I sat there once through the whole lot once, thinking. The first thing I thought of was he ain't even drunk a cup of tea. He's supposed to be a always, cup of tea. I always drink a cup of tea, Nigel. I'll, I'll tell you, mate, I'll, I'll have to dig out the episode because the episode I watched, I remember thinking, where's the tea then? Is it Yorkshire tea? What is it? Is it's, it is Yorkshire tea? tea, the golden one. The oh, golden, see, you've got to have Yorkshire tea, tea golden, because that's stronger. Anyway, it's not a hot drink podcast. It's a football podcast. So let's talk about some football. The signing, the news of the day, is the eventual signing of Jack Wilshere. Um, uh, and by the way, I'll correct myself and, and admit, you know, for a long time, I said it wasn't going to happen. His wages were too expensive. Uh, it was too injury prone. And I'll stick by that. The, you know, people close to the board said, Wilshere's not for us. He's too expensive and he's too injury prone. But guess what? Pellegrini had different ideas with the director of football, Mario. And this shows the power of, of Pellegrini, maybe. Because he said, 
I want him. And we're paying him three-year contract, hundred grand a year, and uh, hundred grand a year, hundred grand a week. Oh right, uh, hundred grand a year would have been really good. Um, so yeah, let's let's start with you, Nigel. Good signing. Are, are you uh, a naysayer on this this signing, or or positive about? No, positive. Young Jack. You know, you know me. I love it when we sign a, a West Ham fan. I dream of the day when we have 11 West Ham fans on the pitch playing for us. Yeah. Rather than all these um, Johnny Cumberlake foreigners, Carlos Kickerball. Born in Stevenage, but from a West Ham family. Dad was a West Ham fan. Brother has stayed a West Ham fan. His nephews have stayed West Ham fans. Well, Only his mum was an Arsenal fan. Yeah, apparently you don't have to be born in West Ham to be a West Ham fan. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, this is only something I've learned like thanks to the internet, because up until about 2010, I thought everybody that went West Ham was born in Canning Town. So no, no, it's a, this is How wrong are no. You? But now, you know, now I've got friends in America who, who, who years ago or I would have shouted at them to get out my fucking way. You know, when they were standing <laughs> yeah. on Green Street. Hello, like, Dave. Hello, John. Yeah. And hello, American <laughs> Tony and Wally. <laughs> you know, years ago, if you stood in front of me, I'd, you know, I actually used to shout, get out of the fucking way when you take, screw it for swim, when you're taking the pictures, because all the Yanks used to line up and take the picture of Green Street because they'd seen that film that I was in. Anyway, let's bring right. you back to Jack Wilshere. Yeah. Right? He's a West Ham <laughs> fan. We got that out of the way. Uh, Very good Even though you're giving me grief. I was giving you well, grief. Where, where do you think he's going to play? Where's his Where's his best position? Midfield. Where will Pellegrini play him? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd whereabouts. I'd, well, I'd replace Mark Noble with him. Yeah, yeah, I've said it. That's what I would do. Um, I'm not not saying sell Noble or get rid of him. I think you keep him around the team forever. But um, it, it depends. Let's you know, there's other deals to be done. Yeah. So once the squad's formulated, um, whenever it closes the first week of August, then we can see where. But for me. I think his best work is done centrally. Yeah. Um, whether well, he played 38, he made 38 appearances last uh, season. Yeah, but a lot of them were cup games, weren't it? Yeah. I think yeah. he was 20, like, 20, he was for cup. 20 games. league and 18 cup. Yeah. He played 29 league uh, at Bournemouth and he got injured yeah. as well uh, as part of that. So. But he got injured right in, uh, I think it was in the April at Bournemouth, right at the end. Yeah, he did. But I think Gonzo would know because I think Gonzo's like Jack Wilshere's number one fan, aren't you, Chris? Well, aside from yourself, Nigel, as you uh, as you suggested <laughs> in the previous podcast. But yeah, he, what could, I'm, I'm in a heightened, frenzied state of excitement about it, really. I'll probably be more excited about this transfer than anyone else that we get linked with, regardless of the transfer fee. You know, we could pay £40 million for this Anderson. Fact of the matter is, I ain't got a clue who the guys have never seen him play. But from day one when I saw Wilshire, the first time I saw him was in, it was on the telly, of course, but it was, they played, Arsenal played a double friendly against Glasgow Rangers back to back on, on consecutive days. And he was absolutely sensational. I guess he was 16, 17 then. And he just had all the hallmarks of a player that we would traditionally love at West Ham, low centre of gravity, pass and move, uh, just, you know, with full commitment as well, not a lazy passer and mover. I just think the whole crowd are going to warm to him. I, I can't see. I just can't see a negative in the deal at, 
we get a first. Well, as long as he stays fit, you know what we don't want is typical West Ham in to come out on the first day, you know, get injured and be out for the season, and to him to you know the risk is he turns into an Andy Carroll, isn't it? Well, go on, Nigel. Got it. It reminds me of a signing that we made from Arsenal back in the eighties. Um, Stuart Robson, West Ham fan as a kid, great Arsenal player, but had his injury problems. Came to West Ham. What did he do? Was our best player. Even when he came back from injury, um, I think he still won Ham really year, and was then shown the door, deemed not to be too injury prone. Went to Coventry and won Coventry's Coventry Player of the Year. So this is what I'm looking to see. I think Jack's going to be brilliant. Uh, but you did remind me when I was um, tweeting out about Jack's family connections to West Ham, and I said, and you people were saying, well, like being a West Ham fan makes a difference. You remind me of Gary Charles, Nigel. No, no, yeah, no. <laughs> you said he's got claret and blue blood in his veins, as if to justify why he's going to be a great player. And I'm not going to knock Gary Charles because I knew him personally as a kid. Well, you did <laughs> knock him. You slighted him. No, what I said was, so did Gary Charles, though. It, having claret and blue blood, I've got claret and blue blood running through my veins. So have you. Yeah, but you were we a would have put you on a football field, would we? <laughs> Realistically. Hey, so that's all. That was what I was making the point. Hammer of the year, um, Gonzo, do you reckon? Hammer a year in the making, first year. Who knows? It depends on the other signings we make. It depends, as you suggested, that our Pellegrini is going to deploy him. But certainly a crowd favourite, Sean. I think for the moment, he does his first pirouette or first nutmeg or first bit of skill. We'll we'll think, hold on, this is brilliant. We've had a dysfunctional midfield, as far as I'm concerned, for quite some time. And I do think any time we've had flair players, maybe you take the final season at Upton Park out of the equation and there was some, obviously, some good link play. With with Payet and Noble and, and obviously Lanzini when he was involved as well, but footballing players, excuse me, footballing players will want to play alongside him. And I think there's time. Ian Dow's dogs back. Sorry, Ian Dow's dogs back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The wife's back from the shop. You have to excuse me. She's coming back with some with some more tea. Funny enough, Nigel. Oh, I, I can't believe you said that. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. Anyway, oh, I'm glad you mentioned Payet because that's the news in the week as well. Um, X on his radio show mentioned a mystery player, said he wasn't allowed to reveal it. Um, Jacob Steinberg didn't read the script. Uh, quite a few of us <laughs> knew it was, but and it was rumoured, etc. But Jacob Steinberg decided to break it. And the news that Dimitri Payet, the snake as some people call him, um, have been offered back at West Ham at slightly more than we'd sold him, which is about £22 million, uh, and at more money wages than, than he left. Um, did that come as a surprise to you? No, well, it obviously came as a surprise to anyone. Let's start with you, Nigel. Would you take him back? Ooh, let's start with me. Would I take him back? Not for more money and not for more wages. No. All right, how much? What, what price does it become interesting? He's 31 years old. With his quality, what did we pay for him first time round? Ten point seven million. There you go. That's what I'd pay. And wages? He was on sixty-seven thousand pound basic, although is it a very complicated um, well, wage structure I'll, I'll, that could go up to one hundred and twenty-five a week? 
I'd put him on a structured wage still. So again, pay as you play. Pay as you play. Yeah, which, yeah, which I think they've done with Jack. With Jack, and they and they done pay as you play. No, no. Oh, right. Okay. He's got he's got um appearance money, but it certainly isn't pay as you play. Unless no, you know better. No, I don't know, Bill. I don't know nothing. Um, Gonzo, Payette. Uh, yeah, I was I was surprised. Uh, I, I disbelieved it. You know, I disbelieved it, Sean, because I messaged you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I wasn't having any, but I'm still not really having any of it. I, I just can't see any situation where that transfer happens. I was a little bit. Are, are you are you denying it, it? It happened, or just denying that it will ever happen? Well, I'm denying it will ever happen. I'm cynical as to whether there was any serious talks. I mean, the whole thing was there's ten percent likelihood. It'll happen. You know, listen, we're trying to plan our holiday at the moment. If I turn around to my kids and say that we're 10% likely to go on holiday, then we're unlikely to go on holiday as far as they're concerned. So I just I just think it was a non-story. And I also think it came at the bad time because it sort of it dampens the, the Jack Wilshire excitement, if you like. Fortunately, I think we've got that back now. In terms of him coming back, I think he was the best player we've had for years and years and years. I really do. I, I think you'd struggle statistically and just looking at someone's impact on a season to find somebody who has been so effective, particularly um, an attacking player. So there would be a lot of reasons to I, bring him back. Yeah, I, I would take him back in a heartbeat. Um, we we did a poll on Clarence and Hugh, because we like our polls, 4,438 voting, 2,501, which is 56%, just over that, said they would have him back. 1,937, just under 44% said, nah. Uh, I mean, some said he's got to apologise, he's got to make a statement, he'd have to go six months without wages, pay as you play, all that lot. My understanding, sources close to the club, is it is very unlikely. However, they could see a deal, but they wouldn't pay more than around 14 or 15 million. They certainly wouldn't give Marseille a profit on the 22 million they sold him for. And they, of which Marseille still own quite a big chunk of that to, to West Ham. And they wouldn't put him on super, you know, wages of over a hundred grand a year. What's behind a, this a week. Why, why was the approach made? Well, why am, there's two reasons I'm told. The first reason is, Marseille need to balance some books. The second reason is agents love to make money <laughs> and they only make money each time a big deal's done. So come on, this is completely agent led. His agent. Who's it? Who, who brokered the last deal to get Payet to not his French agent, but who brokered the deal to bring him, bring him in? Payet's agent. Yeah, but who, who brokered it? I don't know. Who's Mark Mackay, son of Willie Mackay. Oh, right. So I don't know, but I can bet that uh, he's behind, you know, there's something behind it again. Was Willie Mackay, he was um, Fat Sam's agent, wasn't he? That's no, that's Mark Curtis. Oh, was it? Oh, right. All right. Anyway, uh, Pyatt ain't going to happen. So let's let's move on. I'm. I was told off for doing two bigger monologues. All I'm going to say on the uh, on the transfers. I got told over the weekend the club are being quite tight-lipped on active transfers, and quite rightly too. But you know how it goes. Everything really leaks. 
I was told over the weekend, four active deals that are working on, we could sign some of them, we could sign none of them, really helpful. But obviously we've signed one, that was Jack Wilshire. I know people have said it was already done, but it wasn't. He turned up this morning at the London Stadium on Monday, only signed his contract this morning, announced this afternoon. So that's one out of the four. The next one is Yamin, I, I, I can't say, Yaminenko, is that right? <laughs> God, help me out. Yamilenko, isn't it? Yamilenko. So, uh, to be fair to Axe West Ham employee, he got this one, told me about this one to begin with, and it's ballooned. Sky have been running it. And for one, I'm going to tell you something. Sky have got it right. Today, Sky are reporting that he's flown to Switzerland about to take a medical. And my sources at the club, because I thought, oh, yeah, Sky get nothing right. So that's absolutely right. He is going to Switzerland to do a medical. And in fact, he, he, he signed to ProStar. I don't know if you remember who ProStar is. It's a, it's a agency. It's a five-a-side football team in Dagenham. I thought they were banned in the 80s. It's a, it's a football agency founded by it's Nick Rubri. And if you don't know who Nick Rubri is, he was or is uh, Ravel Morrison's agent. So Ravel's Morrison agent, started ProStar. The CEO of ProStar has tweeted a picture or, or, or posted a picture on Instagram tonight at West Ham Players Hotel. So there you go. I mean, How did you know he's not joining deal. FC Luzanne? Why would you say that? Well, he's in Switzerland. Yeah, it ain't going to so happen. Luzanne. Um, his, his parent club, uh, Brescia Dortmund, have admitted they're in conversations with a club. They wouldn't name them. They've admitted they've allowed they, that they agreed to sell him. They've agreed that they've given permission for him to talk. He's in Switzerland now with his agent. So what do you think is going to happen? Apparently, he signed from uh, Dynamo Kiev, I think, a year ago for twenty-two million pounds from memory. Oh, he's done well. Uh, it looks like he's going for twenty million euros, which is about seventeen and a half a million quid. After one he, I'm excited about this one. Are you not excited about this transfer? I've never seen him play. I don't know who he is. Gonzo, you know who I he is. I do know who he is. I'm not excited about it. He's, he's, no? No, he's skillful. Uh, in many respects, he's got Jul- he's got a lot of um, an out of itch about him. But I just wonder where this pace is going to come from because he's not quick. Well, so apparently... Yeah. Well, he's also on the right wing, which we'll come back to in a minute. The other two, I believe... Um, is a Corinthian centre-back, Fabian, and I can't pronounce his second name, so um, N- Nigel's going to say it. Rocky Balboa. <laughs> it's not Balboa. Bal- <laughs> Balbuena, isn't it? If you say so. So his club have confirmed that we've paid the release clause of about €4 million, Euros, so £3.5 quid. He needs a work permit because uh, he doesn't play enough international games. Again, it's another one. South American agent apparently offered it to us. Uh, DS apparently passed it on to our director of football, Mario. Mario's done the whole deal. I guess it's a little gamble at, at three and a half million quid. That might be the the, the backup centre-back we're looking at. Um, but the big news, um, over the weekend, I was told, we can't tell you names. But we are going to break, break the club record at £14 million. And I started 
Q and myself started scratching our heads thinking, who on earth is this B? You know, the Anderson deal's dead. Uh, seems a bit too much for um, Siri from from um, Nice. Who is there another name out there? Well, tonight we've been told that the Anderson deal, Philippe Anderson deal, is not dead, and they do think they're going to get this one over the line. So that will be an absolute club record, forty million pounds. I think um, a Daily Mail were were ahead of this this morning and running. It's, I didn't believe it. I thought they got it wrong. Sources close to Italy, but they they got it right. Um, I know we talked about Philippe Anderson before, Nigel. Are you excited about apparently Pellegrini? This is the one Plurry wants beyond all others. Well, in Pellegrini, we trust. So um, let's hope so. Again, I th- you know, listen, I watch enough English football. I'm not really bothered with foreign football. So I can't and, say, and, I can't even claim to know if this geezer's worth 40 million or, or not. I just can't really say. It seems like Lazio fans like him. Which yeah, is possible they do. a good sign then. So, because, you know. If you, I've been told Pellegrini wants him. It's his marquee signing. Well, look, he's, Bilic, he's asked the Bilic really out. wanted Cavallo, right? And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but having seen the geezer in the World Cup now, because I hadn't seen him. I think Sullivan perhaps did the right thing in not buying oh, the bloke. Oh, yeah. Because he, no. he looked like ordinary to me. So, you know, all the people that were screaming at him, pay the money, pay the money, and all this, when the transfer email got leaked and everybody laughed at Sullivan and everything, looks like Sully was right. And then Donker. Watch my math out with Sullivan yeah. Walter. Yeah, Donker, yeah. So Gonzo, just going back to Anderson, do you, do you know much about him? Do you no, not not on that one? But I I would have to be excited about it because that is where the pace comes from. In fact, I told my son to sign him on his thing on FIFA, and he was ninety five for speed. So he's got to be quick, isn't he? He's virtually quick. Yeah. Whether he's realistically quick is another matter. But I think yeah. if the manager wants him, and having seen that the manager signed Wilshire as well, I am I'm quite buoyed by the fact and I think we can allow ourselves to be optimistic even though we might not have seen him ourselves as Nigel says we've got to trust that the manager knows what sort of player he's getting so it's, it, these are exciting times if we do spend 40 million we spend 17 million on the other geezer we've brought Wilshire in and, and the right back and the, the centre back and all that then you would have to say these are new times certainly very different to anything that's happened at West Ham in the past yeah so uh, I think there's another one. Bruno Bin said, I- "I'm not so sure about Bruno from Sporting Lisbon." Um, I mean, I don't get it, right? So Sky is saying we're we've bid twenty million or twenty five million. I've got no inside track on this, but this guy was one of the guys who apparently cancelled his contract. So why can't we get him for free like all the other people have? And he was valued a lot more than that. So why would they sell him? You know, we either have him for free. Why would we have him for half price? It, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Why would we want to get wrapped up in this whole thing? And to be honest, we, <laughs> we're being linked with too many midfielders now, um, which brings me on to my last point. We've got a balance of books. So what I'm being told is, despite this all this transfer activity, and, and I'm told with Jack Wilshire signing today, we had to pay a signing on fee and agents fees. We spent about 45 million. Our net spend is going to be have to be still budgeted at seventy million. So if we get 
Anderson, if we spent 45 already in agents fees, transfer fees and signing on fees, a big multi-million pound fees, by the way, for Frederick and um, uh, Wilshire, you know, it doesn't come for free. We have only got 25 million net spend left to get Anderson and to get the other guy. We, yeah, we will have to. We'll have to balance books by selling some people. And Sky have run today, and I make them right, by the way, on this, that Antonio is available for £15 million or over, Chiati is available for £10 million, and Obiang's available. Also, uh, previously valued at £15 million. That sounds a little bit optimistic. Um, that might be the way they're balancing the books to put in those three in the shop window. Would you be upset about that? Let's start with you, Chris. What about about Antonio or the others? Antonio, Giotti, and uh, I think it's very cheap, you know, for Antonio that it would seem that way. He is a proven Premier League goal scorer. I think he's had a bit of a rough ride in terms of his position being moved around, and I think he's got an awful lot to offer. I can see him fitting in at Palace as well if that is the destination, as is rumoured. But do you know? Forget the price. Would you would you let sacrifice him if? Pellegrini wants to concentrate on other midfielders. You can't keep all the midfielders. Well, I think you either, if you you either put your trust in Pellegrini or you don't. If Pellegrini deems that Antonio's not right for his system, then you have to go with that. I personally would prefer him to stay and them to work something out. Rather, I prefer Antonio rather than this fella from Borussia Dortmund who we who was un, yeah. untested in the not only the Premier League but actually by all accounts when he went to the Bundesliga from the Ukraine. He, he flopped. So, yeah, I'd rather keep Antonio. Obiang would be disappointing. Um, but I would understand it. I think if we're going to move our midfield on, which I've already said has been dysfunctional, then um, I think he would have to be one of the, the sacrificial lambs, so to speak. And Kiate, I'd probably say the same, even though he can cover two positions. But you look recently, yeah. paid the friendly, and Declan Rice, the, the geezer coming in from South America, the new signing, Ogbonna, we probably do have enough at centre-back to let him go. Well, it was Obiang rather than Obonna. Sorry, sorry. No, um, I mean, we've got Obonna at the back. I'm talking about letting Obiang. I don't know. I was talking about Kiate. Yeah. Kiate can obviously cover midfield and defence. How about Obiang, though? Would you, would you sell him? No, that's who I was talking about. The whole lot was, you know, he's got to he's got to be yeah. the sacrificial lamb in midfield. And the same for Kiate. Okay. Any different views, Nigel? Except in Pellegrini we trust. Um, I've... The problem is when the thing where we're saying everything we do is so public, and, that, and that's the yeah. problem. And I'll tell you why is clubs we've already admitted that we've got a uh, we're well, people have already released via their sources that we're only going to spend a 70 million net. Now, yeah, if when we crash over that with signing uh, Anderson and and Yamalamalamalinko, um. Yeah, the clubs are going to know we got to sell, so we'll put fifteen million tag on um, Antonio. But who's to say people ain't going to come in and bid ten and just sit there and wait? Because at the end of the day, all the other Premier League clubs know we are a cash-strapped club. We, you know, we can't really afford too much to go over the seventy million net spend. So, yeah. They can play games with us. So there's another downside to the publicity that's put out there 
regarding the way we do our transfer businesses. Not knocking you, though, or any other <laughs> IT case that may be present. We're talking on that. The last term I mentioned, which was another exclusive by X, but Reese Burke going to Hull and Josh Collin leaving. Do you make that right? Apparently, I mean, I, I know the Sunham said he's going to Derby, but apparently he is going to Hull. It's, he's leaving. It's it's not going to be a lot of money. Might might be a million quid or so. Reese Burke was there was great hopes for him, Nigel. Um, do you think he, that's the right move? Uh, good. To well, good him? luck, the Reese. West Ham boy, born in Newham. Uh, yeah, I know that. You know, on certain away games, he could be seen with the away fans. Yeah. So it's always a sad day to see a kid. Did he get a fair crack of the whip? I'd argue no. Um, you always say well, that. Did, did, right, did he get a fair crack of the whip? Yes well, or no? He, he went did out. he get a fair crack of the whip? All right, he got a fair crack of the whip at Bolton. He didn't set the... Uh, and, and where else Bradford, did he go? Bradford, where he won Yorkshire uh, Player of the Year. Not just Bradford. Yeah, he did. You'll, you'll be fair. Yeah, he did right. win. Chris, did he get a fair crack of the whip? Not a West Ham. I wouldn't right, say so, but right, so, I think it's gone so uh, far now. He's not 17. It was a one-word answer. Thank you. Oh, was it? So oh, right. The answer <laughs> was he didn't get a fair crack of the whip. <laughs> Sorry about that. So he didn't get a fair right. crack of the whip. So, yes, it's wrong. Josh Cullen never, for me, looked like he was one that was going to make it. He, he could turn out to be a junior Stanislas where he comes back for another Premier League team. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And fits in well there, but, uh, you know, there's there's a reason why we're not bringing our kids through, but I don't know it. All right. Anyway, we're going to move on. Uh, 
there's a World Cup going on. Does anyone know that? There might be. So we're through to the semi-final. I've been loving this World Cup. So we, we, we're going to do a little roundup. Um, who who we asked last time? Let's ask again. Whether you change in your mind, um, you fancy any of those players in a in a West Ham shirt, Nigel? Well, I think a few weeks ago I said I fancied Harry Maguire uh, in, hmm. in the West Ham shirt, not in that wing. <laughs> oh, that's right, Pride okay. Weekend, but I mean, but anyway, um, but yeah, I think Harry Maguire has leapt on probably now out of our bounds. Funny enough. Didn't we? Didn't we uh, once have an option for Harry Maguire? If I remember rightly, we were linked with him before he went to Leicester. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I can't say I remember him at Hull. To be fair, but um, obviously Maguire's done really well. Apart as for foreign players, I don't. Not really. All the ones that have shone are perhaps out of our league in a way. So, not really. No. Do you know what I'd have liked, Giroud? Do you, do you have a problem? Yeah. Do you have a problem with the whole Spurs thing? I was telling the story, and, and I'm going to come to Gonzo in a minute. Um, I was listening to our friend Moose uh, on TalkSport, West Ham fan extraordinaire. And um, the host said to him, said, uh, well, Moose, uh, will you have a problem if England win the World Cup and Spurs start saying they won the World Cup in 2018? He said, he said uh, yeah, because it's different because West Ham had three players there in the team. And uh, the host said, yeah, Moose, but uh, Spurs have got five players. He said, yeah, 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 but, but uh, Bobby Moore was the captain. And the host said, yeah, but Harry Kane's their captain and he's a Spurs player. And he said, yeah, but Jeff Hurst scored a hat-trick. And he went, so did Harry Kane. <laughs> and Moose just got flustered and went, well, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. Do, as as uh, a West Ham fan, I'm going to come to you, Chris, first. Do you have a problem with the whole Spurs connection while supporting England? Not a problem. It's like a minor irritant, like a bit of an itch, if you like. Um, but it's not. it's not... Not full blown hives, if you know what I mean. It, it, I, I, I can live with it. If if England won the World Cup, then I think we all just have to rejoice in that. For it to be the same, it's not just Harry Kane scoring a hat trick. Sorry, people nicotine. It's not just Harry Kane scoring a hat trick. It's Harry Kane scoring a hat trick in the final, and the only other goal being scored by a Tottenham player. Oh, as well. but come no, on! No, no, I mean, if, if we I'm can sorry. claim no, the World no. Cup. In 1966. No, I'm sorry. The, the, can't the details are a bit. And there's other West Ham fans listening to this now who agree with me because I tell you that, right? We, 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 were, we were solely responsible. Right? <laughs> Obviously, Alan Ball and whatnot might have had to say about it, Gordon Banks. But West Ham really had a huge impact in the final. And, and also the way that Hurst had taken a shirt off of Greaves as well was, was, a, was a big thing. So I don't think that Harry Kane's hat tricks against a pub team can really. Uh, sort of go up against Jeff Hurst hat trick in the final against West Germany, but having said that, what if it, what, what's if Harry Kane scores? Then, then, then we should all rejoice it, and we'd have to put up. We'd have to put up <laughs> with the Tottenham fans whinging for years in a way that they have had to put up with us. We're not whinging; they'll be gloating. Yeah. We've gloated and we've done it really, really well. And we we can still. The thing is, if they do that, we can still continue to gloat. We have still won the World Cup. It doesn't take yeah. it away from us. Yeah, it won't won't be the same. You know, look. 
1966. I think I speak for all of us. None of us three were born in 1966, right? It's 28 years since we've been in a uh, a semi. And uh, as I watched the quarterfinal, George on this podcast said, I've never had a semi. You know, I've never been in a semi. Um, he actually did say that. It was a bit of a, a joke. He said, it's yeah, my first semi. Get out more, son. Um, so... You know, it's right. There's a whole generation of people that have never been in a semi-final. It's exciting. I don't. I'm not bothered by the Spurs thing. It really doesn't bother me. And I've been cheering Harry Kane as much as anybody. Anyway, oh, let's move on. Well, we've talked to you already. No, we talked to you. We asked you originally who oh, you would about sign. Spurs and then we... All right. <laughs> All right, you ask the Spurs thing. Give you, give a shot. I know What's your take, take on the Spurs. Come on, What's my take on the Spurs thing? You're gonna say that it was different because they were so involved in creating all the goals, and it's not the same. Blah, no, blah, you're wrong. Blah. Anyway, I've I've it's never been a great buy-in to West Ham winning the World Cup. I found it a tad embarrassing. I think the statue, even though I was a believer, it should stay where it was was the wrong statue. We should have had Bobby Moore with the European Cup Winners' Cup. We, we were the only football club to have a player to play uh, with a statue outside or near the ground that didn't play for us. Ray Wilson was there, Everton. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I did find it, it sort of came, it was a joke, I felt, it was a joke amongst the fans that always went sour when the club bought into it and even made the phone number at one point, ending 1966. So I found that embarrassing. But on the other end, when you analyse yeah. our win in 66, Jeff first goal against Argentina came off the Chabrilly uh, playing field that was devised by Ron Greenwood. Yeah. Oh, you I did said. say that. Yeah. The, the near post header. Uh, from a quick... So thing. you're saying so we wouldn't actually, have been in it if it wasn't for that. It's, it's too early to say whether Tottenham have won this World Cup. I think it diminishes against Bobby Cholton and what he did in the semi-final against Portugal. So, hold on. So, if Deli Ali scores a free kick and it's the only goal in the yeah. semi-final, is it the well, same? Then? I, I think you got to allow Tottenham. If we, if if we, I'm a great believer in you do as you do, and other people are entitled to go along. We can't mug Tottenham off. If England win the World Cup, we can't mug Tottenham fans off for singing "We won the fucking World Cup" back at us when we've done yeah. the same. Anyway, that's what I'll. We're going to move on. Still got we do a lot have to Tottenham discuss. fans that listen to um, the show, though. I'll just point that out. Excellent. Well done. Well done. Thank you for Harry Kane and De- Deli Ali and Trippier Rose. and who else? Eric is, Dyer. Uh, uh, Dyer. Rose. Yeah. Well done. I'm oh, not lost so much, you. Eric Dyer. Um, we played our first match on Sunday in Switzerland, and Pellegrini has now got a 100% loss record, he's got a 0% win record. Pellegrini out. Uh, Nigel, I know you said yeah. you didn't watch it. Gonzo, you said you did. I watched it. Uh, I mean, there was 11 players first half, 11 players second half. It wasn't really a proper match. Did did we glean anything out of that, um, Gonzo? Not really. Just the players. It was too hot. The conditions were too hot. The players were... Uh, there's a first game of pre-season. I thought... There, there were a couple of things I took away from it. I thought not Mark Noble played as if he was really trying to 
impress the manager, but Mark Noble's old old hat at that. He has had to play for his position almost every time there is a new manager. He has to justify his place at West Ham. So he started doing that. Again, I thought Diop uh, looked comfortable in as much as you can against a team who uh, were clearly fitter than us, but not as technically good. I really liked... I thought Haksabanovic looked better than I remember. I saw him in the, the flesh last season in the Checker Trade Trophy. And I thought Nathan Holland, who's a big a favourite of mine, uh, showed that he can feature on the bench on and off the bench quite a lot in the coming season. He he was a standout for me, Nathan Holland. I thought he had uh, an outstanding game. Uh, Andy Carroll scored a goal, but it was a tap-in. Missed his penalty. God help us. Uh, at least Noble did show us how a penalty should be taken, but I think uh, the hosts in Switzerland took it a lot more seriously than West Ham did. And I don't know if you saw at the end, but actually they all collapsed on the pitch. Couldn't even get to the dugout. <laughs> and a fan came onto the pitch and was like getting all their autographs until a member of security went, what are you doing there with your West Ham shirt on and chucked him off? Um, but yeah, I mean, you do see some people on social media moaning and groaning going, oh, I can't believe we lost our first pre-season. We're not going to, we're going to get relegated. And you think, come on guys wasn't a proper game, not up to match fitness, two different teams, it's not a proper team, a lot of mixture of academy boys and it meant absolutely squat all. So, Nigel? So what are we talking about? Anyway, here? because it was oh, our first match yeah. under Pellegrini. Well, I didn't, no, it didn't bother me. Anyway, uh, Super 6 oh, yes. competition. Here we go. Uh, you've got an the, announcement, the, haven't the, you, the, Nigel? Yes, so we ran a uh, Super 6 competition, which is um, Sky's uh, app where you can predict the scores of World Cup games. So it's over now because they only do it in blocks of six games. And since there's not six games in one block done. Um... Who won? Just, Who won? just get to the punch. Yeah, Top three. I've just logged in. Nothing like it. preparation. All oh, right. Well, look, the winner was Simon Pope. He won it by two points. Well done, Simon. So, yeah, Simon, uh, you can get in touch because I know you've bragged about it on Facebook anyway. Um, and a prize will be forthcoming to you. I'll give, well, I've Ooh, got a couple a of prizes. So, I'll send him a couple of pictures and he can choose. I've got. No, of no, you, no. of you in your shed. It's the same picture of Nigel shed man no, in his shed. I'll autograph it outside his shed. And and the second prize is two pictures no, of Nigel in his I've shed. Got, uh, an autograph picture of Martin Peters playing for England. Obviously, autographed by Martin Peters. Uh, yeah, Nigel autographed. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I tell you, I'm a dab hand at Fortress. And um, I've also got some other signed pictures of other players, and I'll give him the option. I thought the World Cup Martin Peters picture would be Good. nice. It's in colour. and oh. um, But yeah, it's out, in, out of our personal collection. Donated, I should say. <laughs> this, you know, <clears throat> so. All right. Anyway, moving on. And just a little, after these two short segments, we will be doing Facebook, Twitter question time. So please <laughs> be ready, Nigel. So just an update. This Thursday, uh, I'm going along to the London Stadium uh, from meeting with Karen Brady and various other directors and 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 people, uh, it's I would call it the Supporters Advisory Board, but it's not called the Supporters Advisory Board. We're going to meet 
for a reconstitution of what used to be the Supporters Advisory Board. It's going to be, I don't know what the name is yet. SAPs. But, um, uh, Supporters I'm, Advisory Panel. They're all going to be SAPs. I'm told, I'm told they will be elected and there will be a chairman who is elected too and, and therefore that it will be a chairman running this new board, whatever it's called, rather than than the club to give it some independence. So uh, we're allowed to ask questions. I've submitted 12 questions, which uh, <laughs> uh, Nigel has seen today. Uh, we'll see how they answer them, and I'll, I'll be able to fill you in on that maybe uh, next week. But, yeah, uh, this is the first new All Singing Dancing supporter consultation. That's, that's uh, uh, the, the, the sab is dead, long live the sab. Uh, talking of elected bodies, uh, WISA, the West Ham United Independent Supporters Association, which, by the way, Nigel and myself did found in 2013, along with some other people, is having their elections. And if you're a member of WISA and you got your ballot paper today or, or, or this week, if you're listening to it later, you might not notice that Nigel, Nigel Khan, just remember you, remind you of his name, and me, Sean Whetstone, are on the ballot paper and we're up for um, election as committee members. Nigel, do you want to say anything to uh, persuade any of our listeners to uh, can give I, you a Can vote I interject, thing? please, before you say, before you launch your manifestos and all that boring rubbish, right? Yeah. I don't understand. And I, I joined WISA yesterday. Uh, you are talking about committee members. That's not the main, like the top Führer, is it? You're you're just going to be like on the on the night. We're not. We're you know, not. You're going to be like nights at the round chairman. table, and so that, that's the second yeah. to the King Arthur vote, right? Yeah, but we're a committee, and the whole point of a committee and members is that a chairman just chairs a meeting. He should have no more power than actually. Um, individual committee members and this is one of the reasons i've put myself up for the committee is actually i think that i've said in my um my election statement i want to hold wissa to account and you know there's been a lot of different chairman there's been a lot of different committee members i haven't agreed with everything they've done and i i just think we're there for the members and therefore the members should agree everything um that that their name goes to nigel (laughs) yeah um we, me and Sean have both got history with Wissa. Mine more recently. Um, it's it's difficult. Yeah, I'm not sure they're welcoming no. us on you the know, committee with open arms. But sometimes a bit no, of friction I've is good. I've got a personal friend now, um, Mark, who I think's done a, a great job in taking Wissa forward. Unfortunately, at a cost to himself. But I think we we don't need to dwell on that. Um, I think WISA should be more beholden to its members uh, and, and the reason I'm standing is I was a pain in the ass to the to the, the committee that was there beforehand in banging the drum about talking to the members and doing what the members want not what we think the members want and you know that's, that's where I come from, basically. I, I don't want to be the chairman. I don't want to be the man that runs it. But what I do believe is that WISA should stand as a committee, not not as one man. I think previously um, too much flack was given to just one person rather than the whole committee standing up. 
So that that that's what I would like to see, and that's what I hope to be able to yeah. bring that to make it a more committee led, and and make the committee stand by the actions of what Wissa do rather than leave one individual person um, with his neck on yeah. the line. So a vote for Nigel Khan and Sean Whetstone is a vote for change and transparency. <laughs> Did you like that soundbite at the end? <laughs> oh, that's going to go down well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's time for this. Yes, it's Facebook Twitter question time. And it means that if Nigel's not ready with this, he's ready. Go on, Nigel, take it away. Back tonight with Gonzo from Amish Chat. Sean will bore us with a 30-minute monologue of the transfers. Then after that, we'll discuss your questions at some point. So ask away. Thanks for listening as well. Greatly appreciate Kevin Stanley put, what's the view of the pay-it rumour? Hope not myself, may as well as add ints and default to the list if we do. Probably just his agent trying to get another payday for the two of them. Yeah, we would discuss that, haven't we? Kevin, but you're probably near the mark with the agent comment. Uh, uh, my friend and yours, Sean, Paul Turner. Been worried oh. about Sean. With the World Cup on, Sean has not had to come to the defence of the board for a few weeks or more. With this, Sean and his Twitter account has lost its purpose over the last week or so. So please, Nigel, tell me he's okay. He is okay, Paul. They're still communicating, though it fluctuates. I want them to sign. Uh, do you know what? Signing Philippe Anderson is going to shut up a lot of the anti-ball people who are going, it's just a sham, it's just a sham, it yeah, will never happen. Right. Well, they will eat their words when It goes on to say, bloody out of yeah. towners. <laughs> uh, any of you going Ipswich? Anyone going Ipswich? No. Uh, when is Ipswich? 21st, isn't it? Or was it the week after? 28th. Wrong yeah. side of the river. What? The river what? Stour? What? <laughs> Thames. River Thames. <laughs> uh, Darren Kitchen. Uh, sorry, Chris, are you going Ipswich? I'm not. I'm trying to sort something out for Wickham, but uh, as as uh, as Sean well knows, so well, no, no, not Ipswich. So. No, right. Yeah, we saw that. Don't you worry. Uh, Darren Kitchen, are there any plans to sign a second top class physio to help the medical team with the acquisition of Jack? Will Big Andy cope with sharing the medical limelight? Uh, uh, I think that was a tongue in cheek question. I think there's a very good medical team in place. Well, I thought we got rid of them all. Or they brought more in. Yeah, and they've recruited some more. That's that's good. Um, Adam Ross Miller, what do we think of Wilshire Wilshire signing the the season ahead and our hopes and thoughts on World Cup 28 and us maybe winning it? Do we think we'll win it? We haven't predicted who we think. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, 1-0 against France. No, France are so well balanced, don't they? I think it's going to be a struggle for anyone to beat them. Just to change. Anyone can... Oh. Right, let me tell you what I told Huey, right? Who thinks well, Belgium will win, by the way. Anyone be. can beat anyone. We've seen in this World Cup, anyone can beat anyone. I'll say no more. Uh, 
Ben Ashelford said, how many more players are we looking to sign? We've not exactly broke the bank yet, so we get to see if there will be more. Well, Ben... Oh, so we've talked about three more, and I'm, I forgot to mention no. this, but let me tell you, that's not the end of it. So after we sign these other three players, we're going to get a, a few loans in, because we like a loan, and maybe a, a, a gamble or two or a freebie. But only if it fits in with a £70 million pound so, net transfer uh, spend, including transfer fees. Well, that's why I said a loan. Yeah, but bearing in mind, signing with the yeah. Anderson and Yamalamalinko yeah. and Bal Rocket Balboa, that we're going to crash well over towards the £100 million, so they've got to recoup the players first before they can go out. Because even loan transfers are not freebies, yeah. are they, Sean? So, there we go. Yeah, yeah of course. Thank you very not. much. Good point. Well made. Uh, Gary Prince, unlucky gal in the Super 6. You nearly won it, but you didn't. Uh, will we ever play a home-friendly match in the Athletics Bowl again? I think you should caveat that and say at the start That's of the season. good question. Uh, it's a good question. And um, the answer is possibly. <laughs> Fucking hell. And and it all, and and the reason the reason is it all comes down to the speed they can move, um, comfortably move the seats. Uh, this this summer they're doing two events, so it's a bit difficult. So they're doing the uh, normal anniversary games and and a world one day championship. Oh, I forget what it's called. Um, but if they're just doing the anniversary games. Um, I think in the future it could be played. But here's, here's a little twist to the tale, Nigel. Um, they're not free. And like when we talked about the Collins. Um, James, Tom, uh, James Collins testimonial, it will cost us about half a million quid. So we only can do it if we really think we're going to make some profit. And all right, some, playing someone like Juventus you might fill it out. But if you'll remember, and you you know this because I know because we discussed it before, if you're playing the kind of people we've played before, I've been to pre-season friendlies at the bowling ground and there were like 15,000 people out there of, from a 35,000 capacity. So my, my concern is a friendly might only bring fifteen or 20,000 in and it won't bring a lot of the um, season ticket holders because I wouldn't go probably. Unless it was like Real Madrid or something, and I doubt you would either, Nigel or or Gonzo. I, I quite like what they uh, what they're doing this year. I don't like it when we fly to the other end of the earth. Uh, I quite like what Arsenal used to do. It. Arsenal used to play Barnet every season, who uh, are not a million miles away from them. So I would quite like us every season to play someone like Ipswich, particularly for you know people up in the uh, north of Essex. It's not. I don't. I don't care. I'd rather they do one at South End as well and just give. A... But does it matter if it's in the London Stadium? Is my point. Well, it, this is my thing. A lot, a lot of people seem to worry. But when you look back at the history of uh, pre-season friendlies, go back ten years, you'll you won't find a crowd over twenty thousand. It was never a sellout. Would you agree, Nigel? Well, I went to those games, so yeah, yeah I would agree. But I mean, you had the Bobby Moore Cup. Then for money, they sold the name off uh, and it became the Spo Bet Cup, the Betway Cup. Well, they're still playing for the Betway Cup, aren't they? But now yeah. they play abroad. We never won it. 
Uh, anyway, we must move on because well, yeah, I promised I mean, it will be under an hour. It is going to be under an hour. Don't worry, son. Um, yeah, I'm. You know, I would go to the game if they held it. I don't think it will, but I think the club could be a bit more honest in that and Boxing Days, but we know they're not going to be. Yeah. We've said it time and time again. Yeah. Uh, next up, Simon Pope. Was it free tickets for a game of my choice for winning? No, it weren't. Will you be doing it again next season? Yes, I will. So next season, I'll put it on the Facebook group. More than just a podcast. Uh, oh, talking, talking of that, talking about tickets. Yeah. George has got four tickets for Wednesday for Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Could I just point out, I did say, do you want me to give it a shout out? And George actually said, no, the wrong age group. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he asked me to tweet. Uh, interesting, but he asked me to tweet out on my Twitter account. Well, you tweet like a teenager at times. So <laughs> you had like for the bio kids. So if you listen to this before Wednesday, make George an offer for four Justin Timberlakes. Face value uh, £140 each, I will warn you. But they are next to the stage. But he and said, I've make him an offer. By the way, he said, make him an offer. At the end of the day, make him an offer. Close yeah. you get to Wednesday, make him an offer. Yeah, if you don't like football. Yeah. If, oh, oh, by the way, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Moving on. Right, Ryan Darlow. Can Sean pronounce Jack Wilshere okay? Or has he been practising? Jack Wilshere. Oh, I see. Well done. Matthew Kemp, is the Anderson deal on or off? I hear today it's back on, Sean. Yeah, on, but could be off at the end of the day until, <laughs> until you know, both sides agree and he jumps on a plane. <laughs> but at the moment, it's not completely dead. It's back yeah. on as, as far as I'm aware. Last up, John, or last up on Facebook, John Newman, do you think we'll ever sign a 40 to 50 million pound player under these owners? There you go, Anderson, yeah. 40 million. 38 million, I thought you said. Yeah, but the agent's fees will take it up oh, to 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, lucky. Exactly. Oh, Sean breathes a sigh of release as I quickly flip to Twitter to try and recover. Twitter's gone a bit mad tonight, but a lot of it's been sort of conversations between Chris and, and some cartoon. Gamer. I keep on telling Callintown Len, he's a cartoon! So, a couple of tweets tonight. Because I still can't get the hang of how it works. Podcasting tonight, joining Kermit Fuzzy is the great Gonzo Big Nose. No animal tonight, though, because there's a picture of like the four of us, an animal. Just so you know. Get your Muppet questions in before 8 30. And the replies we had were Do guests get enrolled in the WhatsApp group? Ooh, that's a good question. He, uh, at the moment, Chris has not been enrolled into no, yeah. our WhatsApp group. No, still, still an outsider. Um, it, he, um, he, he is under consideration uh, in our WhatsApp group called the Circle of Trust. I've got my uh, own in the no stuff. You lot, it's not me missing out. It's you lot missing out. What's that? Well, I'm just saying. I've got my own. I've got my own rumours and my own bits and pieces. <laughs> you, you lot, you lot are missing out, not me. Okay, the listener, fine. the listener is listening out. Chris, um, to find out what Golden Sully have on their toast in the morning, if I'm accepted into the prestigious secret. <laughs> Breakfast uh, is never an option, and I don't reveal who my sources are. By the way, I don't no, know why you're right. saying that. Yeah, I don't I've know. Never right. revealed yeah, who never my revealed. sources are. Uh, Nico then said, "What, in your opinion, this is a great question? Question of the night from Nico. What is in your opinion?" 
It's the best Muppet movie. Chris? Well, you answered it. Well, I'll, I'll, well you, I'll tell you what I think. It wasn't a Muppet movie at all. I used to have it on uh, on Betamax. was uh, one with, um wasn't a movie, but was um, Stevie Wonder singing Superstition with the Muppets. Fantastic. There you go. We're moving on, on because we've got three I'm minutes left. Go on. Dear, oh dear. Who had Betamax? Come on. My Come nan. On. Finish up. Of course, the answer was. In, in Ilford. My nan in Ilford, who lived next door to Nigel Benn. There you go. Muppet How many Christmas more you got? Carol. Well, hold up, Shep, listen. Yeah, I'm reading. Wait your turn. Then another question went out. And the answer, fuck off. Uh, is the Anderson deal back on for Med Hughes? And I said. Mark Cockney Bond said, leave plenty of room for Gonzo's Cheshire Cat Smile tonight after Jack signing. I think that's your lot, people. Excellent. Right. Well. We've got time to finish. It's goodbye from me, Sean. It's goodbye from Gonzo. Don't we do predictions? There's no predictions. Oh, what for the for the semi final? Yeah. I'll go uh, since we're I'll not... go um two nil against Croatia, one nil against uh France. Gonzo. Uh let's say France high scoring game, mate. You want to get over you wanna bet on that one to be a high scoring game. France so France beat Belgium uh, by I'd say two goals, make that 3-1. I think squeaky bum. I think we might do Croatia on penalties. Right. And then win in the final, yeah? Well, no, I don't think so. But anyway, hopefully. 20 seconds for you, Nigel. All right. Belgium to win 3-1. England to win 2-0. Belgium to win 2-0 in the final. Anyway, that's all of the time we got for this uh, episode. It's goodbye from Nigel. Goodbye. Goodbye from Gonzo. Goodbye. And goodbye from me again. Goodbye. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. More than just a podcast. (laughs) Come on, you irons. Bobby Moore. 1966. Not Harry Kane. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.